Hello, this is the sixth and final episode of Dr. Blackgrass on Air. Today we'll be hearing about post-emergence herbicides and how getting drainage fixed can help you apply them at the best time. First off, I spoke with Philippa Overson and Ben Coombs of Bayer Crop Science about when and how to apply Atlantis. If people have applied pre-emergence herbicides and they've got very good performance from them, is it still worth going in with a post-em spray? You can do a, achieve a lot of blackgrass control with either cultural controls or a well-timed, well-applied pre-em. Those are very important parts of the programme. But you can only ever really get that towards the 80% control mark, even if you do a really good job. So it is usually going to be worth coming back in with a post-em at some point in the programme. What is the optimum timing for a post-M spray of Atlantis? It's not so much dependent upon the time of year. What you need to get Atlantis to work best is to make sure that you're targeting the weeds when they are very young. So one to three leaves is preferable. And the other important thing to remember is the weeds need to be actively growing. So it's best not to spray following a really, really cold snap. You do need the plant to be active enough to take the chemical in in order for it to work. Okay, and lots of people now delay their drilling into late October. Would this mean that spraying uh, Atlantis in autumn time is probably not likely and they'll have to wait until spring? In, in the last 10 years or so, there's been a, the, the distinction has often been between autumn or spring application for Atlantis, and that's kind of changed a bit with the increase in uh, delaying drilling. The likelihood of enough black grass in a field getting to the one to three leaf stage is, is less likely if you've delayed drilling to late October. So you're more likely to actually get the target emerging in the spring. Um, so it really depends on whether the target is there in the autumn um, rather than defining it by a calendar date. Obviously, spring's quite a, a broad term. It can mean any time from February to early May in some people's book. What kind of time in spring should you be aiming to spray? Again, this is really dependent on size of weed, much more important than calendar date. So if the opportunity arises in, in January, February, that's the time to spray. If you're shut out because of the weather, then the, the point is sort of a little bit moot. But the earlier you can go, the better to s avoid targeting weeds when they're large. Often in spring, the ground is very wet, waterlogged, travel can be difficult. Maybe a grower will see the opportunity of a, a weed at the one to three leaf stage, but isn't able to get on. What can they do about that? Yeah, it's going to be a really frustrating challenge, to be honest, that. Um, to be perfectly frank, the, the thing that needs to be done is uh, remedial measures or, or measures taken well before you get to that point. And having uh, the land draining properly, um, having the soil structure to be such that you, you open up the ability to, to travel in uh, more difficult conditions in the winter is going to give you more opportunity to spray the weeds when they're at that two, three leaf stage. Um, but equally, you know, certainly wouldn't be recommending getting a sprayer out into a field that is waterlogged and ca causing, trying to solve one problem, black grass, by causing another structural damage to your soil. You know, that's definitely not where you want to be. Application of Atlantis, obviously there's a few things you can do to make sure you get the most uh, efficacy out of the product. How should growers apply? When we're thinking about Atlantis, it's a contact material and it's taken up by actively growing weeds. So when you consider it in that, that context, what you need to be doing is getting the maximum coverage and the most even coverage you can achieve onto, onto weeds that are dry 
and growing. So uh, a dry leaf is really important. So uh, if you can avoid spraying while uh, there's a significant amount of dew in, in a crop, that, that's going to really help you. Um, coverage comes from having the, the appropriate uh, spray texture. So we would recommend a, a medium fine spray texture uh, where appropriate. Um, and then speed of, uh, speed of your sprayer is a really important thing to consider. I mean, the kind of magic figure is about 12k. If you can be at 12 kilometres an hour or lower, um, you're much more likely to get a nice even spray coverage. The faster the sprayer is going, the more difficult that is to achieve. Part of, of evening out the spray coverage as well, of course, you, if you use biopower uh, tank mixed in with, with Atlantis, that uh, will, will help with, with coverage and uptake uh, of, the, of the herbicide into, into growing weeds. Um, and if you factor all of those things in together, you're more likely to get good coverage. Finally, a question for Philippa. Um, lots of people are hesitant about using post-emergence products now because of the perceived and the actual presence of resistance in their population. Is there anything they can do to manage that resistance risk with how they use post-emergence products? Uh, yes, there is. I mean, certainly the bulk of the resistance we believe in the UK population of blackgrass at the moment is enhanced metabolism. And this obviously... Uh, become stronger in the plant uh, the bigger the plant gets so making sure that you get the plant early in that one to three leaf stage is critical uh, as with anything that's making control more difficult then close attention to application technique is going to help and making sure that you've taken every opportunity before the post-em spray to make sure that you're targeting a smaller population of, of blackgrass plants as is possible and if you think that you have got a resistance issue, then it's usually a good idea to make sure that you've had a resistance test done so that you know exactly what you can and can't use in the field. Thanks, Philippa and Ben. As pointed out by Ben, sorting out any problems with drainage during summer is an important step in allowing timely applications of herbicides. I spoke to soil specialist Philip Wright about drainage. The interview was recorded over the phone, so the quality isn't perfect, but it's worth listening to what he has to say. I started by asking about the benefits of getting drainage fixed. If you if you get your drainage fixed, then the rest of your soil structure and to a certain extent some of your weed control problems will actually um, be significantly improved. So it, it, it's certainly the biggest factor that limits good soil structure and particularly blackgrass control with harsh lovely weed. I then asked Philip about how to maintain existing systems and identify land in need of drainage. I think number one is maintaining what you've got and making sure the drains, the outfalls are clear and the ditches are clear to allow the water into them. And I know it sounds obvious, but there's many, many, many cases where the outfalls are actually below the the bottom of the ditch through just siltation growing up and, and sort of naturally those sort of soil levels raising in the ditches. And so the first stage is really to to, to, to make sure that the ditches, you, you can see the outfall is clear and the ditch is deep enough to allow the water into it. And that that's the first step, really. Second, second one would be to make sure that the drains themselves are clear and are running and can you jet them? I know, you know, I appreciate some drain systems are more difficult to jet than others, particularly like the herringbone type that, 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 that don't have all their outlets into, into a clear ditch to be able to, to, to jet them. So that, that becomes a challenge a little bit. Um, but then, yeah, if, if all of that is 
right or basically you've got a part of the field where it's failed. Often these days people just drain the problem rather than drain the field so they'll leave the water away from the low spot. Whilst doing that, it's always good to question why that area is flooding in the first place. Is it because drains further away aren't intercepting the water anymore? Is there, you know, the, the, if, the, if the field originally was drained well, then there's normally a, a reason why, um, you know, now it, there are wet holes in it and it's either part of the drains failed or part of the systems failed. Um, or, you know, in some cases it, it, it even can be, you know, they've amalgamated two fields into one and where there was a ditch now isn't anymore and there probably isn't an appropriate uh, systems technical from that point. We finished by talking about the benefits of drainage in increasing the number of workable days, particularly in the spring. It's an absolute fact that if the field returns to field capacity after heavy rain quicker, then you're not long before you can get back onto the soil without doing any, as much significant damage, as much significant damage. And, and as a direct result of that, you will have more workable days. In, in, a, in a spring situation, because you're, you're already wet, you're waiting for it to dry, you're immediate, you're going to get much more benefit in spring. And if we're trying to help to control grass weeds by putting more spring crops in the rotation, this is going to become more significant. And, that, you know, that, that, that's really quite important, that. Immediately, because the drains work well, your soils immediately or more or less at field capacity. If you pour drainage through winter, your field's probably waterlogged. You know, there's a big difference. You've got from waterlogged to field capacity, half the pore space is going to be empty. Um, so, you know, if you've got, well, if you've got some good pore space, 50% pore space, then immediately you've got 25% of air in your field because of good drainage, whereas if you're waterlogged, you've got none. So, you know, it, it's going to take an awful lot longer um, to get to a situation where you don't do damage. You probably get onto it unwittingly quick, quicker because the surface dries first and you think, well, I'm not going to do too much damage here because of the surface. But the depth, that's really where it's critical. That, that's, that, that, that's where you get still very high risk of damage. And that, unfortunately, is the most expensive to put right because it's deepest. Thanks a lot, Philip. And there is more information about drainage on the Blackgrass Task Force website. After good conditions at the start of harvest, the weather has now got a lot more catchy and things are quite stop-start. According to the most recent ADAS report, across the whole of the UK, around 40% of the winter wheat area has been brought in, although most of this is concentrated in the south and east of the country. In other areas, much less progress has been made. This delay in the winter wheat harvest means that people following wheat with wheat will have a little less time to use cultivations and glyphosate to get on top of blackgrass. Crop quality is still reported to be reasonable to good. This is the last episode of Dr Blackgrass On Air and I hope you've enjoyed listening and picked up some tips about blackgrass control. We'd really like to know what you think about the podcast, good and bad, so there is a short survey on the podcast page of the Bayer website for you to fill in. It should only take a couple of minutes to complete. If enough of you like the podcast, then expect we'll be back later this year or in 2016. In any case, you can stay in touch by following and tweeting at Dr Blackgrass. 
I hope drilling, pre-M and post-M all go to plan. Goodbye. Mm-hmm.